So you can always learn a new arch- architecture, a new ML algorithm, always in your career. But something which is very hard to learn is actually, let's say, your fundamentals about lean algebra, fundamentals about optimization, your fundamentals around statistics. So these are something like the evergreen skills, which every new algorithm or every new architecture would require. Hi, this is Jad and welcome to Coffee Chat 2.0. In this show, I help people explain to me what they do on their jobs. I want to go beyond the job descriptions and I want to know what their actual day-to-day is like. What are the challenges that they face? What skills are needed? And what advice do they have for us? Hopefully, they'll help us all choose the right career. In one of my previous episodes, I've interviewed a senior data scientist at Spotify, and he showed us the importance of aligning strategy with data science. But today, we're going to dive into more details on the use of machine learning to solve business cases, more specifically at Amazon. My guest today is a machine learning engineer at Amazon. All right, so Shetaj, um, thanks a lot for being here today. It's really a pleasure to have you on my uh, new episode. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jad. Um, I'm glad I, uh, you invited me here. So uh, before we dive in what you do, can you give me a quick um, summary of your experience and your background, just so we see how you got to that position? Sure, yeah. So um, like I guess I would start my journey that I started doing, uh, I did my undergrad uh, bachelor's in computer science from India, uh, an institute called IIIT Delhi. So it's a very focused institute for computer science. And then I worked one year in industry, um, mostly in India, I'm focusing on like, um, like a software engineering slash machine learning kind of work in the ed tech, uh, so which is like uh, basically uh, like how to optimize for online ads like somewhat like what google does but mm-hmm. um, in a different setting so that was like my kind of my first industrial machine learning experience that i had so trying to build models to see uh, what ads we should show to users and what not to um, show and at what price so these were some of my experience like first experience in building some of the machine learning models for industry and uh, after spending some time there, I came to University of Waterloo for my master's. So while like I was there, at, uh, I got a chance to uh, intern for four months at Google. So again, this was um, in one of the machine learning uh, slash like um, ads team in Waterloo itself. And then after I defended my thesis, um, I joined uh, Borealis AI as my first post-graduation job as like a machine learning researcher. So they are uh, basically part of RBC. They are one of the um, like one of the Canadian research labs, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I joined them. Uh, spent almost two years there doing research in research and development, both in machine learning field. After I almost spending two years, I decided it's a time to sort of like go for the next phase. And that's how I end up being uh, joining Amazon as a machine learning engineer. Okay, interesting. And um, before we dive in, and now what you do at Amazon, can you give me a one sentence description of what machine learning is? Like a very basic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think in my, I mean, I think as most of your listeners will be aware that like machine learning is right now like a really a buzzword. Yes. And which can... <laughs> which can mean anything depending exactly. on who you're asking. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think for me, it's basically, um, I guess the, the machine learning is a mean of like using the data, like learning from the data uh, to solve 
a business problem or a real world problem. So like now, how do you analyze the data or how you learn from the data? That's like the technique that you do. I, I would say, I would call that as machine learning. I think it's, it's still a very broad definition, like I think, but it's actually in, encapsulates like pretty well, like what most of the people mean, like when they talk about machine learning or what, when I mean about machine learning, mm-hmm. that is like, I have a data, I want, I have some historical data. I want to learn something from that data to predict something for the future. So yeah, that would be my one line definition for it. Um, and so right now you're part of, you're working at uh, Amazon, right? And in what field specific is, you know, Amazon is a huge, right? Mm-hmm. And um, can you give us more details into what you're doing, what your day-to-day is, and what's your objective within the organization? Sure. Yeah. So I'm part of, uh, like uh, in Amazon, I'm part of this team org called EconTech. So which is basically... Um, it's mostly deals with under comes under retail, Amazon retail. But uh, uh, what interesting is like uh, first of all, it is led by a VP who who is a like, has a PhD degree in economics, who has come sorry from the uh, like economics background. And the goal of the org is basically to use economics and technology. And when I say technology, it's mostly I mean like machine learning. Uh, so use economics and machine learning to solve some of the hardest Amazon problems. So. It's again, sounds a bit vague, but I think the, the idea there is that like you have a lot of Amazon problems, which are around like cost pricing mm-hmm. or uh, which have a, like a, like where you have to have a good understanding of economics, but then to solve them at a large scale, you need machine learning uh, to f- be efficient or be like, uh, like optim, like optimized for the speed and the scalability. You need the machine learning part there. And so it's a unique position. It's a unique org where basically it lies in the intersection of these two different uh, components. Interesting. So the people you're working with, their expertise, they have a background in economics and then they bring people like you with this uh, background in ML. And then there is this, you know, synergy between these two uh, functions to solve that specific problem. Right. Yeah. That's precisely that's what is. So like, I mean, if, uh, if you look at the current, uh, like the team structure, so there are people like who are, who comes from like very traditional software engineering background, Mm -hmm. people like uh, me who comes from very ML background, people uh, who comes from very traditional economics background. And then some of the senior people, like uh, some of the senior people are like, um, are very interested established industry leaders, either in economics or machine learning or in a specific field, like maybe Bayesian optimization. So it's a very diverse organization in terms of like at least the skill sets we're talking about. Yeah, pretty nice. And what could be an example, a hypothetical example of let's say situation X. And can you walk me through like the small steps you take to use data to solve that problem? Sure, yeah, like I can give you like a like a broader category of problems that uh, we try to deal with, like not a specific project, but uh, for instance, project that we work on is that ensuring that whatever the price that like Amazon is buying or selling is actually correct. And when I say it's correct and fair, it means that it is fair for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it is fair for the vendors, it is fair for the consumers, it is fair for the sellers, it is fair for the Amazon. So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you determine what is the fair pricing for a particular product like that you see maybe an Amazon website should be. This is like, this becomes like a very data-driven problem. Then like now uh, you can look at like this product and see what is the historical cost has been, how the cost should change in future, how is the cost influenced by the cost of other vendors, how the cost is influenced by like the similar products that you see on Amazon website 
then what is the influence of those products? So now it's a very data-driven problem where you have the data, like the past data, the present data, the data from other products, data from other vendors, and using all that data, now you can determine what should be the right cost at different levels at the, the supply chain process that we're talking about here, like buying from the distributor or the vendor and then selling it on the website, selling it to the consumer. So you have different price points at every, uh, and we want to ensure that like all the prices are fair yeah. to each party involved here. So I can imagine the huge amount of data that you must deal with. Right. Yeah, that's definitely like, and it's, it's just not the like the, I mean, so definitely the scale that is challenging. Like it's like the, the sheer amount of data that you get, that's itself is challenging, but it's also is like the, the complexity of the data. Like, I mean, you just, you can't have like, say that, oh, all my data resides in one table. Mm. You probably have like hundreds of tables yes. and like whatnot. And you need to join them or understand them in a, together in a one unified view to actually make sense what the data is talking about. That's very true. And, and I recently read a report that says almost like 45% of the data scientist's time is really spent on cleaning and making sure that the data is correct before using it. Yeah, I would, I would 100% agree on that. Like, I mean, I don't know how much I agree with the number <laughs> 45%, but uh, I think it's a large chunk of my time like actually goes in understanding the data. And so I would say like, I would say last chunk of my time goes in understanding data, like which is one is the component is like understanding the raw data and like making it, cleaning it and processing it. So that's one component of data processing. The second equally important, which like I feel is uh, sometimes neglected is like once I pushed, uh, like clean this data, train my model and get the output of the, my model, then I also need to spend equally or maybe like similar amount of time to basically understand what this result looks like what does this uh, uh, how to make sense of this output mm. are we actually doing what we promise are we mm. actually hitting all the right metrics is there a particular category where we are missing it so that's the the post analysis of the data is actually equally important as is the pre analysis of the raw data okay interesting so making sense of what the model is outputting yeah like yeah i mean in general like because as you said right like so like if i'm let's like, i'm trying to price maybe a particular product and now if i have 1 million product to like doesn't aggregate like a mean square error make sense to you or do you want to like go beyond that it and does is there a particular category where your model is doing well where if there's a particular subcategory where your model is not doing well. So how do you make sense of all those things? And until you dive deep into the data, you probably won't get that picture. Okay, so I'm assuming you need a lot of patience and persistence at this job. Uh, that's sort of true. Yeah, I mean, and you need patience and persistence, but then at the same time, uh, you have your timelines to ensure that you deliver the project uh, in a timely fashion. Like uh, you want to be sure that you're innovating fast and like mm. uh, ensuring that you're delivering to the client. So it's a, it's a right balance that you need to strike in that sense that uh, you want to ensure the highest quality results in the fastest possible time. Okay. And so can you give me an example of, uh, of an ML model that you're using and um... And, you know, what, what its purpose is in the context of Amazon? Sure. Yeah. So I'll try to give an answer, which is uh, ensuring that I don't uh, talk too much about the company's uh, yes, secrets. Of course, of course. Yeah. And uh, so one of the models, very simple models that we're using is like, is actually like a DNN, which is refers to like the deep neural network. And, uh, 
and what we're interested is basically is um, as I was talking about like some of like uh, the earlier costs and the pricing we're interested in like uh, finding like different uh, percentiles like oh what should be like um, what we what the model thing should be like let's say like let's say 90th percentile cost or 95th percentile cost and stuff like those things so you can model this like using a dnn like where you're interested in seeing that like uh, let's say if i if you're seeing uh, let's say a bed sheet on amazon what the model thinks what should be like uh, if i have to price differently like for different purposes then what should be the cost according like uh, if we think what should be the median cost what should be the 70th percentile cost and 90th percentile cost uh, percentile cost uh, so to enca- encapsulate all this in a single model we use like uh, as i said earlier deep neural networks for that and it's a simple feed forward neural network uh, this, like this is like a more like a baseline and mm-hmm. as we go forward we can add more technical like sophisticated versions of the neural networks to build upon this and so when you look back at you know your work right now and your previous experiences what do you think are the skills that you learned or you had to learn in order for you to to do a really good job at uh, as an ml engineer sure so i think uh, as you say uh, as we say like the word ml engineer you can think that it's probably composed of two parts right so it's one is the machine learning component another is the engineering component to it and um, so since it's like a unique position which involves both aspects of like the machine learning as well as engineering uh, in some way you're required to learn both skill sets so like the typical engineering skill sets like of the software engineering coding and system design is required like not so much of system design as a typical back end engineer but like still mm-hmm. having an ability to understand that how would you actually design your ml systems is quite important and on the ml side i would say is like the basically the modeling uh, data handling data analysis and um, having a good or at least a decent knowledge of like statistics and maths uh, is definitely helpful i think that goes without saying that how important is the communication skills like i mean um either it is like oral communication skill as well as written communication skills i mean so just to give a context like i mean if i have to start any new project in amazon the first step is to actually write a design doc or a science doc for that project and even while i'm doing the project there are so many milestones where i'm supposed to write about uh, the about the problem about the technical solution about the findings and everything and if you think about if i am not able to write these properly like the like all the peers and all the like the clients consumers won't even understand what i'm trying to do what the problem I'm trying to solve so so it's like very important like when i'm in a meeting or i'm sending a doc or i'm talking about like the problems i'm solving to actually have a very like an a skill where, where i can communicate a very articulately uh, i think that's quite important in some sense yeah cuz you know you're right i mean i'm noticing this in almost all of my episodes most of my uh interviewees they're really saying any job almost any job you need these two skills and you need a very good balance because you can have very good communication skills but if you can't you know if you're not good at what you do then it's really useless and it's vice versa as well yeah i think that's true and i think um, that something is i i feel like it's a bit unfortunate that uh, while we're learning in like maybe school or grad school uh, the focus is mostly on the technical part and not so much on the communication or the verbal part yeah. so 
uh but i think eventually like every point uh, everyone at some point in their career realizes that like uh, that how important are these skill sets besides having a good technical background yeah you'll realize uh, it sooner or later yeah so you will realize i think so it's fine that like maybe you don't have these skills like nobody like i think if you start as a junior person nobody is really expecting you to like yeah. be very proficient in it but everybody expect like while you are at the company while you are in the as a role in the job you pick up these like pick up at least the skill set and and i think the best way is actually like from seeing some like at least i feel like i've learned a lot when i see uh, some maybe a senior uh, senior engineer or senior scientist writing a doc and then i see their doc i see okay like they can write very articulately well or they can um, summarize their thoughts pretty well and that gives me inspiration to actually do better when i am writing a doc uh, internally that's true so you also learn when you know when you interact with other people in the firm as well yeah that's true and i think uh, there are a lot of mechanisms like i think especially in big tech companies so uh, there are a lot of mechanisms to provide you this mentorship and also provide like a quality check on your the artifact that you're producing yeah. uh so like you would probably have a like a review with the principal scientist or a senior scientist almost any time you're writing a some important doc which has which is important for the team or for the company in general that's true and this you know this brings us back to the importance of or the perks of working at you know one of the big tech companies as in you get a lot of feedback on your performance but also you get a lot of learning opportunities yeah i think so i have worked in like i think at this point like several like i would say small company medium company and a large tech company and i would say the one big difference is that like at la- at large tech companies as you were saying that like there are a lot of like ample learning as well as feedback opportunities mm. while in the small or the medium companies uh, there's more focus on like actually doing the work producing results delivering fast work while in the big companies it's like mostly like that you have to do that like you are supposed to produce results and you're supposed to deliver the results uh, but at the same time there's a quite focus on like making sure you are consulting like the senior people you are getting the feedback right feedback um, your document is of higher quality which sometimes is hard like i mean imagine like you're like a 10 people startup like you can't do that yeah. so and so what advice would you give to anyone interested in starting their career in uh, data science okay this is slightly tricky one in the sense that like um, i think as we said like data science itself is super broad and yeah. people could have very different interests but one thing that i think um, i would say is that like don't really get swayed by like the buzzwords mm-hmm. like i think it is very important to focus on like the strong um, like computer science and math fundamentals and the reason i guess i say that is because you can always like i think as you as was mentioning that like there are so many learning opportunities while in your career so you can always learn a new arch- architecture a new ml algorithm always in your career but something which is very hard to learn is actually let's say your fundamentals about linear algebra fundamentals about optimization your fundamentals around statistics so these are something like the evergreen skills which every new algorithm or every new architecture would require that's true so i would say like i mean if you have very strong fundamentals then learning some of the advances in like the field makes lot more sense but if you are like pretty new in maybe in your in your school or grad school maybe spend some time on actually improving your uh, the fundamentals and because the way i say is that like almost after that in every point of your career like everybody would give you ample opportunity to brush up on the latest stuff 
but there are very few opportunities to actually brush up on like the the fundamental stuff that's true that's very true and so, and, and you know in the end whatever you end up with because this field is still evolving since you know the fundamentals you're going to be fine yeah so you will be fine like the field itself is very evolving um like i mean i remember like i think the models that i used to build like 5 years back are not very relevant right now i mean like the field has evolved a lot but what has been like sort of constant is that like i guess the the way i trained my models that time the way i did the ab testing that time the way i used the stacks at that time that's still the same it's just like the new architecture new new coding languages new new frameworks so they have taken place but overall like i mean if you look at like the the basic data itself like or the basic mm-hmm. techniques in the tools they are still very similar i mean you can like uh, like if i have to learn like now let's say a uh, fancy new attention based deep learning model then i just need to know how to code in pytorch and once i have got an understanding then what is like a softmax and stuff like that then it's pretty easy for me to code that up in like probably a day or two to build a new model but if if i'm struggling with my fundamentals both either on the cs side or on the maths or the machine learning side that's a then, problem yeah that will be a problem for me. so i think i mean if if i have to summarize that like i would say like we can try to learn how to focus like or you can try to focus on like learning the art of problem solving rather than learning a specific technique to solve the problem it's important to learn actually how to solve the problems or like uh, the like art of problem solving that identifying this is a this business problem this can be translated into like um like a this broader category of problems this is the toolkit i have available to me and this is like the the sum of the new techniques and now depending on uh, how hard is the problem or what kind of uh, results you're looking for you can use your tool set to solve the problem that's very true and i think you just gave an a, a perfect summary for what you what you gave an advice <laughs> Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh so yeah, um thanks a lot for for all your advices and insights today and I think everyone listening is really going to benefit. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting. I think it was pretty fun uh, talking to you and I feel like this podcast is pretty useful for um, some of the people who are starting in the industry. So at least yeah. they get to see different career opportunities from uh like a like a like a, it's a like a bunch of different opportunities yeah yes, nice. i i hope so i hope it will be grateful that's my that's my mission <laughs> yeah All thanks right. a lot again yeah thank you thank you so as we saw from today's episode the use of machine learning is becoming more and more prevalent to the everyday decisions we make even when it comes to pricing an item on amazon But you shouldn't worry about learning all these new techniques, the new open source libraries, and even the new languages, as long as you have a solid understanding of math, statistics, and computer science. You're in a good position to grow in this field. And if you liked today's episode, feel free to share it with one of your friends. You never know; they might listen to this episode and find their dream jobs. Take care.